Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Here's your boy Q. Here we go, kicking off hour number two of the show. It's Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio this afternoon. Got a lot to get to on today's show. We got cover three NFL news and notes coming up at about 30 minutes from now. And then Jenna Geary, jennageary.com, talking all things fitness, personal trainer, personal trainer for the wife. That's right. So the wife is getting uh, some personal training. She's making it happen. She's making it do what it do. We're going to talk to her personal trainer coming up at 345. And then Krista Blunk, Aces play-by-play voice there in L.A., taking on the Sparks this evening. And uh, she'll be talking to us about the Aces and what they've been able to do. And right now, they have a 12-game winning streak against those Sparks. So good shot that they'll be extended at the 13, but that's why they play the game. So we got plenty to get to still on today's show. We've been talking about this article that came out on ESPN.com and off top, it has a lot to do with John Gruden's emails, but it's even further than that because really it basically says if Dan Snyder had laid low and not got those emails out and hadn't really caused a big to-do, and, and who, however the emails got out, like we don't really know who, as a matter of fact, leaked them out, it, it would have done better for him where he would still be in, in the ownership position. He ended up really doing something that he thought was good to get him out of the clear, and that actually put more attention on him at the end of the day. So we've been talking about it. The The article's called He Was Free and Clear, How the Leak of John Gruden's Emails Led to the Fall of Commander's Owner Dan Snyder. And the one thing I could appreciate about this article is it really digs deep into this whole story and, and kind of takes you on some twists and turns that you may not have known. And earlier when we had the opening drive, uh, we heard from Seth Wickersham. He was a guest on the morning tailgate this morning with uh, Clay Baker and Vinny Bonsignor, and he was talking about the initial conference call that happened between Roger Goodell and Mark Davis when really all this information started to get out. That was the week of the Chicago Bears game. We just talked to Raider 66 to close out hour number one, and he was saying if these guys already knew about it, what about the timing? Why did it take so long for it to come out, and why did it happen right before the Bears game when the Raiders were having, looking like they were off to a good start to their season with the potential to have a really good season? It just kind of felt like it derailed that 2021 season, even though ultimately – they found a way to make the playoffs. Shout out to that team for coming together. Shout out to Rich Basaccia for being able to help that team come together. But that was a roller coaster of affairs for multiple reasons in 2021. But I think that Raider 66 brought up a good question. What about the timing? Why did they wait so long? Well, Seth Wickersham was asked that exact question this morning on the morning tailgate. Why did it take so long for that to come out? And it happened the Friday before the Bears game. I wish I knew. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, if I can just take a second here. Let's go back to June of 21. Right. So this is, you know, a pro, you know, five or four, four or five months before those emails come out. Um, Beth Wilkinson, the NFL, the attorney who the NFL and Dan Snyder had hired to investigate the workplace in Washington was finishing her report. And remember, everybody had expected a report from her a couple weeks before she's due to, you know, before an announcement is going to be made with her findings. Dan Snyder's lawyers, including Joe Tacopina, who is on air a lot defending President, you know, former President Trump. So you know anything's going to get interesting when he's involved. Um, and a couple other lawyers from the law firm Reed Smith go to the NFL offices, and they are to present a defense for Dan Snyder against some of her findings, against the Wilkinson findings. And rather than a defense, what followed was – a PowerPoint presentation that shocked the people who were involved. Um, it was a series of screenshots of potentially embarrassing emails and texts from several league 
executives, including Jeff Pash. And the rationale was to kind of argue that the hypocrisy of the league going after Snyder and judging him, but the tactics were so ruthless that some of the the attorneys involved uh, felt uncomfortable. And the signal was clear that if Goodell didn't do what Snyder wanted in terms of handling the Wilkinson report and the punishment, those emails and texts would be leaked. And it became known in league circles as the blackmail PowerPoint. So the Wilkinson report, of course, gets buried. There was no report. There was only a press release. Snyder was weighing in on word choices. He was dictating his punishment, we were told. And um, then the league sent off those emails that were part of the investigation, 650,000 of them, to get sorted by an IT department. They didn't even talk about the emails in any official capacity. They were mostly just kind of gossip fodder around the league. Then, early the week of October 4th, 2021, um, some senior league officials bring the emails to Roger and let him know, bring summaries of the emails to Roger to let him know that they're problematic. And a lot of those Gruden emails were part of it. And um, at that point, only two parties had access to the server with those emails, the NFL and Dan Snyder. And um, they showed Roger Goodell those emails. They were supposed to remain confidential. And within days, the Wall Street Journal had it. And within days after that, the New York Times had more emails. And that coincidence, again, it's like that's the basis of John Gruden's lawsuit is that he believes that Roger Goodell directly leaked those emails and um you know it'll be interesting to see what happens the league obviously denies that goodell or anybody from the league office leaked them um both in court and in public they've denied that but the coincidence of that timing like you said is very suspicious and i think that even executives and owners around the league um raise an eyebrow about the timing of that so very detailed answer right there from Seth Wickersham, who was very, like I said, passionate and, and detailed about the conversation he had with the morning tailgate this morning. Again, if you want to hear the whole interview, I definitely encourage you to. I think it was really good stuff. It was about 730 this morning, but you can check it out at LVSportsNetwork.com. All of our stuff is up there. And, you know, let's let it be known. We're talking about it. And we all know that it's suspicious. We all know it's funny style. But I don't want anyone to get it twisted. Nobody is excusing anything that was said or written in those emails. Because, again, that is not okay. But we do know the way that everything shook out was very funny style. And it wasn't okay. And it was very agenda-related. Like, I think anyone, it doesn't matter if you're a fan of the team or not, I think everyone pretty much knows, like, yeah, yeah, that, that didn't happen in that order as a coincidence. Right, like Seth Wickersham just said, like, hey, look, everyone knows. Even even other owners are, are questioning, like, okay, what about that timing? So the timing was very suspect when it came to the situation with John Gruden, his emails getting leaked, and obviously all the investigation that was going on uh, behind the scenes when it came to the Washington Commanders and Dan Snyder. Going to the don'tbebroke.com text line real quick at 69187, keyword R&R. You can chime in at any time of the show if you want. Talking about the ESPN report that we're talking about, Seth Wickersham and company, did that change your mind or confirm what you already knew about the emails and how they were leaked? Also, do you think something should happen to the commissioner or anyone else involved that kind of put this whole thing together and really worked their magic the way that they did? From the 626, it says, Aloha Q, I'm on vacation in the South Pacific listening to the show. Let's face it, the leaked emails were the best thing to happen to our beloved Raiders. Gruden and Mayock were making questionable decisions regarding personnel. Time to move forward. Go Raiders. Again, that's from the 6-2-6. And, look, it might end up playing out that way. 
It, it really could. But, I mean, the whole – it's weird. It's, it's, it's weird to talk about it because, like, the whole way that it all shook out is just, is just funny style. Like I said, it might end up working out great, like you mentioned, because Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels might put this thing together and all of a sudden get the Raiders on a, on a really good – on a good trajectory and get the team back where they were supposed to be. I just hate to see stuff like what happened happen the way it did, if that makes any sense, right? I mean, again, it's, it's, it's hard to talk about it and, and say that I don't like to see it the way it shook out because you know that, you know, Gruden had his faults as well. You know, a lot of it had to do with it. But then again, it, to me, it felt like the ultimate, yeah, okay, I might have done what I'm doing, but look what he's got going on over here. Well, what about this? How about this guy? Hey, go ahead and take this guy down while I'm – Teflon Don, and that's kind of what it felt like that, that Dan Snyder always acted like he was a Teflon Don, and that's why I'm excited that there's new ownership now. Now, unfortunately, he, he sells the team for, what, $6 billion? So, yeah, I mean, he, he loses his team. He had to change the name, two things that he said he'd never, he'd never do, sell the team and change the name. He ended up doing both. But, man, what a come up he had, right? I mean, $6 billion, that ain't nothing to shake a stick at. So if he's, you know, he's going to be gone and he's going to be ousted, to gain that kind of money from the whole situation, yeah, I think he's going to be all right, you know. But, uh, again, just feel like it's, it's, it's worth at least talking about and mentioning, especially since, uh, you know, the ESPN article was very detailed in everything that they were talking about from how everything shook out and kind of gave the chronological order of the, of the way that everything shook out. So I did want you to hear one more soundbite, and this one has to do with the leaker of the emails. There's a lot of speculation that we talked to Daniel Lust, sports attorney. We, had, we talked to him around 2.30 on today's show. There's really no specific on who leaked it, but kind of what's Wickersham's best thoughts on who leaked all the emails? I want to be clear. You know, we do not say that we know who leaked the right. emails. We right. have kind of a circular firing squad of people. Demora Smith has, mm-hmm. you know, he's bragged to people that he leaked the original Gruden email to the journal. We have Reed Smith, we have Rock Nation, people pointing the fingers at that from the league office pointing the fingers at them. They deny it, obviously. But you're totally right, because within days of the leaks, a congressional committee launched that wide-ranging investigation of the commanders in the NFL, and it forced Goodell and Allen and Snyder to testify under oath. We have a source who said that they would not have been doing that. They would not have opened that if, if not for those emails. And that led to a federal criminal investigation about alleged financial misconduct by Snyder and the team. And as the pressure mounted, as Don and I reported in October, along with our colleague Tisha Thompson, Snyder was bragging to people that he had dirt on his fellow owners and Goodell that could blow up the league. And, you know, those series of things all became a tipping point. Then you had Jim Ursay a couple weeks after our story come out, publicly kind of say that they had to consider moving on from Dan from the ownership ranks. And two weeks after that, he announces that uh, he's selling the team. And so that series of events, it's just, it's undeniably linked to the release of these emails. And, um, you know, again, you know, people wonder again, you know, why did Dan end up like back, finally backing down and on the sale of his team? And um, it's been a long time coming, but I do think that that first week in October was the tipping point. So there you go, Seth Wickersham again on with the morning tailgate this morning talking about, you know, not knowing exactly who leaked the emails, knowing that there's many different people, Dan Snyder bragging about everything he's got on everyone. That's, you know, wild in itself. Demora Smith, 
up there talking about he leaked the emails because his job was on the line. It looked like he was about to be out of there. And, oh, by the way, he's going to be out of there anyway, right? They just had the, 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 the reelection uh, for, for his job, and he did not win. So he's going to be out sooner rather than later. But I'll, I'll say this, man, with everything that's being said and, and for what Ricochet had to say on the morning tailgate this morning, I almost wish that there was a way for them to go and, and, and really kind of open up that Pandora's box. And, okay, so what is all in there? And I know once you open up that box, you can't close it. I get it, right? I've asked for this to happen before, and it's happened. And, well, it, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. I'll be the first one to tell you that. But, man, I mean, the, the sense of urgency that all of a sudden all the rest of the owners felt when he started bragging about all the dirt he had on them. Ari, could you imagine? I could only imagine. Look, I spent a lot of time in Central Texas. I covered the Dallas Cowboys like a glove. I don't mean to single out anybody, but we all, we've seen pictures. We've seen reports. We know the story behind old Jerry, old Jerry Jones. Could you imagine what kind of dirt Daniel Snyder might have had on him? Jim Irsay from the Colts. You think there was any coincidence why he all of a sudden said, hey, we got to get this guy out of here, right? Oh, he's got dirt on everybody? Let's get him the hell up out of here, right? I mean, do you think that there's any coincidence? And to their credit, a lot of the dirt he probably had on them probably was as old as Gruden's emails, if not, if not older, when a lot of things were more accepted than they are now too, right? I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, look. For example, Jerry Jones, that picture of him when he was a kid back in Arkansas and he was there when they were having the, the whole racial barrier line. And how did that get out suddenly? I'll wait, right? I mean, I'm just saying, like, I could only imagine. And this is what and, – and I really probably don't even want it out in the public, but I'd like to know, <laughs> right? I mean, that's, that's what it, – it intrigues me. And, Ari, I don't know if it intrigues you, but I, I would just like to know the levels – of dirt that Dan Snyder put on the the blackmail uh, the blackmail uh, slideshow. What a name! I know. I can't even begin. Like I can't even wrap my head around it because you're right. You think about and there's so much stuff, and then you have to think about all the things that probably happened. What do you want to? However you want to phrase it, back in the day before social media, right? And so now, yeah, like pictures and documents or whatever else, or just context can all come out now, and it's. It's a lot. We're, I mean, technically, we could be doing this show 80 years from now if we were live and still probably have the same subject, right? Like, right. Always going to be the truth. is always going to uh, come to light. Yep. And yeah. It's, it's always out there. I'm trying to waiting. tell you, man. It just, it just seems like it could be – it could go so deep, and I'm sure it really does, right? Probably more than we can even handle. Exactly. And I'm sure – and I'll, I'll just throw it out there because I know everyone has their own issues. I'm sure that there's dirt on everybody. Everybody, right? What do they say? Don't uh, don't throw rocks if you live in a glass house. Yep. I'm sure everybody's got a glass house somewhere. Sure, but I will also say, like, there's different levels of dirt. Right, right, right for sure. <laughs> oh, know. no, there's no doubt about that. You know, sometimes it's just a little money, a little extra off the top, and then right. other times you're talking about, you know, insulting and a whole group of people and all right. kinds of other things. Oh, no, there, there's no doubt. I'm not saying every, every issue is created equal. Sure. But... I'm sure that everybody's got some kind of issue right. that they, uh, you know, that they probably did not want seen by the general public, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's 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 all I'm thinking about is just how deep this goes. Like, what, you know, really, when all this really ramped up when it came to Dan Snyder, why why did it all get ramped up? Is when we found out the report of he was he was cheating the other owners out of money. Yep. 
There's right? A- it wasn't it wasn't the workplace situation. It wasn't the all the you know the the boat trips where the cheerleaders were being harassed and this. It wasn't nothing that we actually should have been upset about. Yep. Think about that. To start with, yeah. What really got this thing going is that Dan Snyder was skimming money off the top and not giving other owners their just money. And then it's like, whoa, there, hold on now. Mm-hmm. And I remember John McClain coming on this very show and saying, oh, well, now, hey, man, once the owners find out that there, there's money being skimmed from them, oh, they're going to really be upset. And, boy, not too long after that, this thing gets rolling. The ball really gets rolling downhill. And now all of a sudden he's selling the team and making what? A boatload of money. So uh, just interesting stuff. And, again, I thought that those were some good sound bites to bring to the table. Didn't want to play the whole interview, but I thought Seth Wickersham got in some pretty good detail with the morning tailgate. And, of course, if you do want to hear the whole interview, you can if you missed it, lvsportsnetwork.com. Check out the podcast. We podcast every single one of our shows here. And everything that you might have missed is right there for you. Mailman Raider hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. Q. Just like I want to know what's in Area 51 and the presidential book, I would love to know all the dirt on the NFL. I'm all for the drama. Just let me get my popcorn first. So, you know, as funny as that sounds, there, there is, I guarantee that there's so much drama, so much drama and so much dirt that we have no idea about, right? And, and I can only imagine where it begins. Like what we know about the Gruden emails was bad enough, but please believe that ain't the worst of it, right? And, and that doesn't excuse it at all. Don't ever get it twisted. I have to keep repeating that because somehow, some way, someone will tune in and be like, Q just said it's okay. No, he didn't. <laughs> no, he didn't. That is not what I said. But I'm just saying, I guarantee there is a lot, a lot of dirt in those emails, all 650,000 of those emails, and there's a lot on that, again, like you said, great choice of words, blackmail slideshow that Dan Snyder showed everyone. He didn't, and this is how arrogant he is, Ari. And this kind of blows my mind. Like, I can only imagine being in a meeting, and I can only put myself into, like, positions that I understand. I can only imagine, like, Natalie calling me into the office because I did something wrong. And instead of me sitting there and saying, yeah, Natalie, you're right. I, I did this wrong. I need to do better. Me coming in with a presentation and being like, well, look, this is what Ari did. This is what Cofield did. This is what DeMond did. This is what Doug did. This is what Clay did. Like, and never, ever defend what the hell I did or even admit that I did wrong. And trying to somehow qualify how their things is worse, right? Yeah. Like, Doug did this. That's worse than what I did, right? Right, exactly. Yeah, and on. you know Doug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of all people, that's why I picked him, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know what I mean? It's like if that's not the most arrogant type thing to walk in. Look, man, if you did something, Jack, guess what? It's on you. You need to handle that. Yep. Not, not worry about what Ari and Demond and Q, you know what I mean? Like, hey, man, you got to own that. But to have a slideshow like that, I just feel like that that takes the arrogance of the arrogance to do that, right? You've got to be the tip of the top, man. You, you don't get no more arrogant than that to be able to have those kind of levels to the game. It actually, so, yeah, go ahead. It actually sounds like something out of a movie script almost. Like, yeah. Hey, we're going to call it that, you know? Like, right. It's, it's wild. It's absolutely wild. Uh, Robin Oakland. Hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187. Uh, irrespective of foul content of Gru's emails and the beneficial effect a new regime may offer the process is sometimes more important than the result. Someone or some people intentionally did this to Gru. Musburger called it a hit. There's something very wrong with this whole timeline. Discovery is the way to shed light on it. That's Robin Oakland. And that's the thing about it. Again, it's not about what he did was not right. It was 
just the ultimate, like Brent Musburger said, and I remember him being on the show with JT and saying it was the ultimate hit job. It absolutely was, right? It doesn't excuse it. It doesn't say that it's okay. But, I mean, look, if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, my grandmother would say it's a duck, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just no – there's no two ways around that. One more text from the 925. They all dirty Q. Rogers, Goodell, they should all be fired. And, you know, that's – that's that's not I don't I don't blame him. That's I don't blame him for the comment. Yeah, I I feel very similarly. Without yeah, knowing, just, you don't know everything, but it's like you look at it, everything, the big picture, and it's like, come on. Right. I don't know everything. All right, but I know enough. We exactly. <laughs> we know enough. Come I don't on. know everything. We've been around. A little We've bit. been around. Yeah. I know enough. So, again, if you want to check out that interview from Seth Wickersham, you can, lvsportsnetwork.com. Check out all the podcasts that we do for the Morning Tailgate, from JT the Brick, from Unnecessary Roughness, and our sister stations as well. Fox Sports Las Vegas, if you're a Golden Knights fan, they had some fantastic shows as a soundtrack leading up to the Golden Knights winning the Stanley Cup. Of course, ESPN Las Vegas, they got the Press Box, uh, Cofield and Company. We got a no- new show called The Arena with Greg Salerno. I mean, everything, 1230 of the game. Uh, we are, we've got everything covered right there, one-stop shop for you, LV Sports Network. Dot com. Speaking of one-stop shop, let's go ahead and make it do what it do, man. Call number nine is what we're looking for right now, 702-365-9200. We're going to get you qualified for four tickets to an Aviators game. And more importantly, if you get qualified for those four tickets to the Aviators game, then you'll have a shot at getting in to win the grand prize trip for Lotus of Summer of Fun that we're doing each and every week. Five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell plus a $1,000 gift card for gas and food. Or you could take $3,000 cash. Take the trip. Or take the cash. It is all your option. But the first step to that, you've got to get registered for four tickets to the Aviators game. How do you do that? 702-365-9200. Call number nine. We're Raider Nation Radio 920. So number nine makes all the sense in the world. Hit us up right now. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. My Raider, I got an 80 year ultimate team. So I'm going to go play with myself today. So see how I feel. That came out weird. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm, I'm mad. I'm playing myself I'm mad. <laughs> You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. How is the Jets? Quentin Williams right there talking about playing Madden and playing himself in the game. Clearly that soundbite didn't come out correctly for him. As he acknowledged, I'm a big Quentin Williams fan, man. I really wanted the Raiders to draft him. Instead, they end up with Cleve Farrell because the Jets took him one pick before the Raiders had an opportunity. And it's funny, after I talked to Josh Jacobs uh, following the draft and, and for some time after that, he had said that him and Quinnen, who both played at Alabama, thought they were both going to be Raiders, that the Raiders had talked to both of those guys saying that they were very interested in, in, in Quinnen and Josh and that they were going to be you know, pick number one and, and the next pick in the draft. So Quinnen would have been pick number four overall, and Josh Jacobs would have been, what, number 24 overall, I believe that, that he was. That would have been a nice one-two punch, right? Instead, the Jets were smart enough to get Quinnen Williams, and, well, the Raiders ended up with Cleve Farrell, and now Cleve's in San Francisco, and Quinnen Williams is looking for a contract extension. But uh, at least they were on to a really good player, and sometimes that's how it happens in the draft. You're on, you're you're locked in on a guy, and – well, that guy gets drafted before you have an opportunity to take him. And so, man, it would have been nice to see Quinnen Williams part of that Raiders defense moving forward. And Josh Jacobs, obviously, what he's been able to do from the running back position. Want to give a shout-out to my man, Michael. He got registered for the four tickets to the Aviators game. More importantly, 
he's got a chance. He's got one step closer to having an opportunity to win the Lotus Summer of Fun Week 3, the five-day houseboat rental on Lake Powell, that $1,000 gift card for gas and food. And the good thing for, uh, for Michael, he got registered on this show. And I'm going to keep saying this until this competition's over and this contest is over. We are winners on this show. There's nobody else in our building that can say that they're winners like we're winners. And so I'm going to ride that out. Anyone who knows me, I said, knows that I'm going to take this small victory. I don't give. I don't give a damn. <laughs> I'm going to take this small victory. Wendell came through like the first of the month for us. He was our winner. He got registered on this show. I'm, I'm going to ride that claim of fame until I can't ride it no more. So, uh, Michael, you're, you're in good hands, right? Like they say on the commercial, you're in good hands with Allstate. You're in good hands with Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. So I uh, got Cover 3 coming up. We'll also hear from Jenna Geary, jennageary.com, coming up about 345. That is the personal trainer of the wife. People always laugh when I say the wife, but that's what we call each other. She says husband, I say wife. That's just kind of how we roll. So uh, she's going to join us at 345, talk about what she offers as a personal trainer. Very excited to talk to her as, again, the personal trainer who takes care of the wife, and the wife has been doing a great job with her uh, her training, her her weight work, her uh, you know her her diet work. I mean, everything she's got going on, she's been handling in a major way, and it's been a lot of help from Jen Aguirre. JenAguirre.com will join us at 3:45 to talk about that. But uh, we got plenty to get to. We have to get to cover three NFL news and notes of the day. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. It's time for Q's Cover Three NFL news and notes of the day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So we'll start things off with uh, the fact that 60 semifinalists named for the class of 2024 in the senior coach contributor categories talking about the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And I'm excited about that. There's 31 seniors. There's 29 coach contributors. And that leads up to 60, the 60 players or 60 people, 60 semifinalists that have been named. And, of course, that's not – it's not – done yet there's plenty of work still needs to be done but excited as I go through the seniors list and I'm looking at the names who's on here out of the 31 guys and I see a couple that really stand out to me led by Lester Hayes known as the judge Hayes was a five-time pro bowler for the Oakland and Las Vegas and Los Angeles excuse me Raiders spending his entire 10-year career with the organization intercepted 39 passes in career including a league best 13 in 1980 that's the little write-up that they have again pro football hall of fame they put that out today of course that's the 2024 class not the 2023 class but he's just one step closer and I'm a firm believer that that Lester Hayes should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. We talk to John McClain each and every week. He's a Pro Football Hall of Fame voter, uh, and the senior committee is what it's going to be when it comes to Lester Hayes. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that he's able to to go ahead and get in this time around. He's a guy that, like I said, I feel like definitely deserves that opportunity. Also, uh, in the in the senior class is Albert Lewis, defensive back from '83 to '98. Considered one of the top cover corners of his era, he intercepted 42 passes in a 14-season career with the Chiefs and the Los Angeles and Oakland Raiders. Also blocked 11 kicks on special teams. And I remember, man, Albert Lewis and Terry McDaniel. And I remember the last few years of those guys, too. And that was right before the Raiders went and drafted Charles Woodson. I knew that, man, those guys are good. Terry McDaniel and Albert Lewis are good, but, man, they're getting older. They're getting older. The Raiders need a little bit of youth in that uh, in that cornerback room, and that's when old good old Seawood was drafted. And uh, man, you want to talk about bringing some energy and bringing some youth and bringing some great play to that Raider secondary? Of course, that was Charles Woodson. But those two guys stand out to me: Albert Lewis and, of course, Lester Hayes. Matter of fact, got a tweet 
<laughs> and hit me up about Lester Hayes from Eric. Eric hit me up and said, hey, Q, just remember, Lester freaking Hayes equals the greatest 37 ever. Going back to the conversation that I had when I couldn't figure out who that number 37 was when I was talking about uh, the Raiders last year, right? I'm looking at him like, man, that 37 sure is standing out to me, man. Who is that 37? I was talking about Tyler Hall, and it's funny. The only name that kept coming to my mind for some reason was James Trapp. I don't know how I couldn't – I didn't think of Lester Hayes. The guy's been on the show multiple times, good friend of the show, and I just skipped over it. And So it was right before I went on vacation, and so many people hit us up. It was like, Q, 37? Lester Hayes, how do you forget that? So, yeah, I will never, Eric, I will never do that again. I'll never forget Lester Hayes. Maybe I was in vacation mode. I don't know, but something was going on. So uh, now he's a semifinalist for the 2024 class. So, uh, like I said, I'm hoping that he gets that opportunity to get his just due, which has ended up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. What you got for me, Ari? Oh, you got Raider Dave. All right, let's go out to the phone line, 702-365-9200. Raider Dave, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, well, I'm just thinking about motivation. And as far as the Raiders moving, I mean, who had the motivation to go against it? Whether it was Al Davis trying to go to Irwindale. Yep. And let's face it, the guy was a maverick. He knew how to make money. He fleeced Irwindale for $10 million, back when $10 million was a heck of a lot for a big hole in the ground across the freeway. But that didn't happen, and people didn't want him to move to L.A. People didn't want him to move anywhere. People you know, didn't want him to even move back to Oakland after a while. But I just don't understand and don't believe that it's just by osmosis that Tagliabue and uh, Roselle is just that animosity goes right there to, to Roger Goodell. So it's got to be ownership. And we all know that the Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills were a big partner in helping the Raiders start and, and really loved and respected Al Davis. I think Lamar Hunt Sr. did too. So I don't know who it is, but I think that's where we need to try to raise the question. Where did it come about that the – motive was there to go ahead and trash this uh this business and and want to make mark davis somebody who was not going to be a part of this move or this team when they were obviously going to go to a place like vegas which is a small market it's not going to make the money that dallas or some of these other places do but for mark davis to be the single point person or manager of the general partner like al was and to make money and to become a player in this league you got to kind of wonder, where did the votes come from and where does this sit now? Because, you know, Roger Goodell works for the owners. So the yeah. owners are the ones that are going to have to go ahead and take the Raiders' three-in-one promising season and trash it. I don't think it was just Washington alone. That's a good point. Good stuff. Raider David Denver, a great call right there. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it does, again, there's so many questions that I think come from this. And that's why, you know, we bring it up, not trying to, you know, reverse what happened, not trying to excuse what happened or anything, but just know that there's so many layers to what is going on. And I think you bring up a good question that I know I can't answer. I know Ari can't answer. Who was the motivation? Where was the motiv motivation coming from? The one thing I could say is I remember Mark Davis kind of getting pressed by the media at uh, one of the owners' meetings at, you know, shortly after this, uh, this happened. And they, and they said, well, what do you know? And he said, hey, ask the NFL. They know. And then when you read something like what we read today on ESPN.com, it's like, yeah, Mark Davis was spot on. Yeah, ask the NFL. They know. Right? I mean, he, he said it spot on in, in the correct way. Yeah. Ask the NFL. They got all the answers. Because clearly he didn't have the answers. And that even goes back to what Seth Wickersham said about the, the first uh, the conference call between Goodell and Mark Davis and the whole situation. And I love, you know, MD talking about, you know, F the NFL and F Dan Snyder and, and all of that. But, I mean, it's just 
again, there's so many parts to this that, you know, is, is, we'll probably never know the answers to. But I love the fact that ESPN.com did a really good piece and put it up there. And so it just at least gets people thinking about the situation. Sir Whiskey Ray said, and then we'll take a break. Q, I'll keep it real. Snyder and Goodell are clowns. I think we can all agree on that. Also, I'd be lying if I didn't want to hear Snyder spill the beans on NFL drama on other owners. Heck yeah, bring the drama. Can you imagine the massage parlor stories on Robert Kraft and Jerry Jones? Oh, wait, that already happened with Kraft. LOL. Loving today's topic, Q. Thanks, as always, at his Sir Whiskey Ray. And, yeah, man, I, I promise you, I promise you, it's just tip of the iceberg. I actually got a tweet from uh, Vince who said, uh, this, what is his exact words, Gruden emails equals tip of the iceberg. Simple as that. So, yeah, you can keep that feedback coming. I definitely appreciate it. 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. We'll get back to this conversation in a few minutes. But coming up next, Jenna Geary, jennageary.com. She is a personal trainer. She trains the wife, and we'll talk to her next. It's Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. With your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I had a couple more cover three NFL news and notes nuggets I wanted to get to. We got that good call from Raider Dave in Denver, so not mad at that at all. Real quick, uh, it was announced today as we talked to John McClain about hard knocks. It was announced today. He was very adamant that the Jets need to be on hard knocks and that they should be on hard knocks. It was announced today that they are on hard knocks. So there you go, John McClain, the general, the Hall of Famer. He knows what he's talking about. Also, I wanted you to hear a little bit of Matthew Butler, second-year guy for the Silver and Black. He was on Good Morning Football uh, this morning on NFL Network. Wanted to play that for you. Don't have time right now. So around 4.15, I'm expecting that we should be able to play that so you can hear from the second-year guy uh, talking all things Raiders. That's coming up around 4.15. But right now, join us on the phone lines. Very pleased to have Jenna Geary, jennageary.com and Jenna Geary Fitness. Check out all her work. And Jen, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. Definitely appreciate you. And as I'm checking out your website, jennageary.com, one, obviously you're in incredible shape, but uh, man, there's a lot of great stories on there, a lot of great testimonials on there. Fantastic work on your website. For you, when you get into the gym, when you step in there, what does it mean to you? What is it? What is it? How does it help you out? Uh, well, first off, thank you very much for the compliments. And, um, what is the gym like? I, when I go into the gym, it is an opportunity for me to see what I can do, to see how I can perform, to see how I can beat statistics because I have had so many issues. I have a herniated disc. I was told by doctors I needed knee surgery, pinched nerve in my neck, but I know how to eat. I have Crohn's disease, colitis, and I'm trying to see what I can do. Um, to be the best that I could possibly be and prove to people that no matter what life throws at you, that you can still get in great shape. And every time I move, no matter what sets I'm doing or how many reps it is, I refuse to give in because if I quit, I'm teaching other people that it's okay to quit. So as long as I'm being smart with my training, um, I, I go in ready to be fired up and to motivate people. I'm motivated by motivating others. You know, and clearly you are in, like I said, great shape and you are you know, doing what you're supposed to do for yourself, but you're also a personal trainer and you're able to help others, many others from many different backgrounds to be able to be their best selves as well. How, what does that mean to you to be able to provide this type of, type of service and actually help people live a better life? 
Well, uh, for me, it was because I hit rock bottom. I went through some depression, eating disorder. Again, I found out I had Crohn's disease and colitis, and I was told that I was never going to be able to do this or that. So when I got out of the hospital um, after having like a nervous breakdown at the age of 23 years old, I dedicated my life to helping people that had medical issues, helping people teach their, them to take their pain away. So I physically, I have never taken a vacation. I've been doing this for 23 years, but I've nice. owned my own business for 13 years. I've never taken a day off. I wake up every day at 3.15 or 3.45, uh, never later than 3.45 since January 4th of 2010. There's not a day that goes by that I don't get some kind of text from a client. And at least once a week, I am in tears from clients that are telling me that their medication was lowered. They're in a size they haven't seen since they were in high school and they're in their 50s. Um, they just hit, you know, 120 pounds down. Um, and those are the kind of people that I work with. And that's that's what I want. I, I, don't, I don't work with competitors. I know I'm a bodybuilder. Right. But I, I want to work with people that are beyond miserable and show them how much more that they're capable of. Again, we're talking with Jenna Geary from JennaGeary.com. Jenna Geary Fitness does a fantastic job. Personal trainer here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. And so when people reach out to you and want to get some information, I mean, it could be a little intimidating at times because, you know, they just don't know or they're hesitant or they haven't been in a gym for a long time. What is kind of the most common question that you get from potential clients that you have to kind of ease their mind and, and help them get into this? Well, I mean, a lot of them think that it's just going to be about exercise or um, that they just want a place to go work out. Yeah. Um, and, and, I, and I always tell them that no matter how afraid you are, you just have to trust the process. And part of the reason why on my website, I have the About Me tab. And it's because I really want people to know what I've been through and that I'm not just what I look like, like a female with muscles and tattoos. But I train <laughs> in 80. I train an 84 year old. Right. Um, I've trained pregnant women. I've trained people with fused spines and I'm not going to train everybody the way I train myself. I'm training you. That's why it's called personal training. Right. It's personalized to them. So I just tell them, trust me because I've worked with people with cancer. I've worked with diabetics and just trust the process. And I promise you that you are going to ultimately feel better. And I say that it starts in the mind and internally in the body, with sleeping better, dealing with stress, um, moving better. And then the bonus is that they're in smaller sizes or they like the way that they look aesthetically, but it starts inside the, the mind and body. You know, and it's so funny because when you think of personal training, you think about the, the work in the gym, but I know, and I've mentioned it before to, to many people listening to Raider Nation Radio that you are the personal trainer for my wife and she's, you know, she's thrilled. She's having a great time, you know, being trained by you and, and, you know, I see the results, she sees the results and everything is great, but it's also discipline. It's also eating and, and the better eating habits. And you also help out with that in a major way. Yes, absolutely. I, and P.S. I love training Teresa. She's hilarious. <laughs> and has my, she has my favorite face. She has my favorite workout face. Um, so, so, but yes, I always teach people that and when I talk about the five components of fitness, first one is mindset. Second one is nutrition. Because if you're not eating properly, then you're never going to see results no matter how much train, then training, then cardio, then recovery. And then I teach people about balance. Like everybody thinks that just because you're you want to lose weight and go on a quote unquote diet, even though I hate that word, mm -hmm. that they're not going to be able to eat the foods that they like. They won't be able to have a glass of wine. They won't be able to have a burger. Like I literally had six clients just this week that two are at maintenance and the other ones are trying to lose weight. And two of them didn't lose or gain. And the other ones that are at weight loss, they have they've lost 
30, one of them. They lost 35 pounds already. They still have another 20 pounds they want to lose. They did a burger and fries as their refeed, quote unquote, and they lost 0.8 pounds. Mm. And then it's done properly and you are good to yourself on all the other times during the day and, and the other days that a refeed that's done properly with food that you like and you want to enjoy, it doesn't affect your body in the way when, like it does when you're eating like that all the time and you're you're very inflammatory on a regular basis and if you were to eat something like that not with the right structure or guidance which you get from me then you could put on six to ten pounds in one day and i've seen it happen before you know as as i checked out your website and i'm seeing testimonials from people i'm seeing before and after pictures and you could just see the results you can see the happiness what is some of the testimonials what is some of the results like the, the messages that people you mentioned you know getting emotional when people send you some messages what what is it that, that some people say after after they start to experience your, your help? I mean, it's literally that they deal with stress better. They they decided to make changes in their job. Like I have a client that I still talk to. She was a client of mine for six years. Um, and she, within the first three weeks of her starting as a client of mine, she went from being somebody that like would always rent space in a hair salon to finally not being afraid. And she opened up her own business. Wow. And now she's eight years strong. So it's, it's like things like that, like changing job careers, um, you know, again, being a me- medication. I have uh, three people that within two weeks, they were on thyroid medication, two diabetics off diabetic medication. Um, I've trained 19 women through pregnancy. One woman I, th- I trained through two kids. And before she joined my program, she was told by doctors that she'd never be able to have kids. Wow. She had all these hormone imbalances. They tried to balance everything out. She finally gave up and she's like, all right, I'm just going to get in shape then. And within a few months of her being in my studio and just with the goal of trying to be healthy, her stress levels were lower, her internal organs, everything was functioning properly. She got pregnant. And then two months after she gave birth to her first daughter, she gave, she got pregnant again with her second son that I, I trained her through everything. And almost every one of my clients trained the day before they gave birth and were back after two weeks. So, I mean, it's like, it, those are the things and those are the kind of people that I want to work with. And that's the kind of impact that when you're healthy and you work with somebody and all those people that are on my website, 80% of them are still with me. Nice. Like I have clients that have been with me for 13 years. I have a client that is starting back up with me next week. That was with me 15 years ago for three years. Um, so, you know, when, when you work with me, I, I, I kind of, you know, you either still hear my voice in your head after all these years or, um, <laughs> You, you just can't leave because it's a really positive and great environment. And no matter what, you're always going to get pos- positivity back from me. So even if you have the worst day and you eat horribly, you're never going to, I'm never going to yell at you. Right. It's, I, I call it, I call it PCP. So my critique to you is going to be praise, correct praise. So I'm super proud of you for being honest with me, but obviously, you know, that wasn't on the plan. And then we try to dissect the emotions behind it and why they ate that. And then again, I give them praise and then we move forward and, and they become better and they learn from that mistake and it's going to happen again. But maybe instead of it happening tomorrow, it happens three weeks from now. I'll tell you, uh, as I've witnessed it firsthand with, like I said, with the training that you've been doing with the wife and I've been noticing, you know, all the communication that you always have, the, the daily, you know, the check-ins and the, you know, the encouragement and everything. And it goes a really long way. So I got to ask you, what about the guy who just says, hey, you know what? I'm way too busy. I don't have time. I just can't I can't dedicate myself to working out and, and, and getting in fitness and getting in shape, even though I know I need to. What, what, what would you say to that guy? 
I, I would say, give me your schedule and I will help you find a way. Because I've had, I had a guy that had a special needs single dad. He was a cop, special needs daughter. He built himself a gym in the basement. He worked out at 3.30 in the morning, prepped his food. I taught about all that. When you join my program, I always say I would rather be too much or give too much instead of not enough. Mm-hmm. And I teach people about how you can set for success. I educate people through the process and I find a way to make it work for anybody. I have people that work 14 hours shifts as nurses and they find a way. I have a woman that was a surgeon and she never missed a daily check-in. She would send me a check-in even if it was like a little bit late because she was in surgery until, you know, five o'clock and she sent it to me at 5.15. Usually my client emails I do from 3.15 to five o'clock. So like I will, I could literally find a way and, and the goals are set based on how much time. So when somebody joins, they have to answer a 25 question questionnaire. Wow. So if somebody has a goal and one person has two hours to work out and the other one only has 50 minutes, I'm going to design that program based on that. So it's, it's just going to be about time management, you know, and uh, setting for success and finding a way. And I will always help somebody find a way. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. Well, if anyone wants to reach out to you, I know the website, janagiri.com. That's J-E-N-N-A-G-U-I-R-R-E.com. What should they look for on the website? Can they get a hold of you? Is there is there, is there some more information that people need to uh, go ahead and reach out to you with? I, I highly recommend that they read my story. I put myself out there so people feel comfortable yeah. giving, you know, being transparent with me. And then there's the about me. I mean, then there's the, the uh, homepage, which is where all the programs are. But they look through that. And then there's a contact tab. Fill that out and I will get back to you sometimes within minutes, hours, or if it's after 8 p.m. when I'm in bed, um, <laughs> then I will. I, then I'll get back to them first thing in the morning by 3:30 in the morning. I'll either email or text them, and then we'll get them. I'll answer any other questions that they have, and we'll get them set up. Well, there you go. I know you have an event coming up on the 15th this Saturday. I know it's uh, pretty much at capacity right now, so I know that's going to be a huge success. But, uh, Jen, thanks so much for your time. Great work. Like I said, I see it firsthand, uh, up close to personal each and every day. You're doing fantastic work with uh, my wife. I'm happy. Thank you so much because she's happy. Definitely appreciate you, and you're doing a fantastic job. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the time. There she goes, Jen Aguirre right there, jenaguirre.com. And, Ari, I don't know if you heard her say it. I don't know if you were paying attention, but she said that you don't have any time thing, that excuse that you use. There ain't no excuse for you, brother. That's what she's saying. She said, hey, she can make the time for you. So you can't use that as an excuse. There's no time. What, Just saying. What got me the most was she said, uh, I'm proving that no matter what kind of struggles you have in your life or adversity, you could still stay, like, still get in shape or remain in shape. Right. No, there's no doubt. that is always an excuse. You're dealing with stuff. and. Right. I like no, there's it. there's I'm always pumped. there's always an easy excuse. Remember, we're gonna do uh, reasons or excuses start yep. next week. There's always a, an excuse. Is it a reason or is it an excuse? We're gonna do that next week. But many thanks to Jen for giving us the time, and I do encourage you to go check out our website if you uh, th- even thinking about you know maybe getting a little bit of personal training. J e n n a g u i r r e dot com. Jenagiri. Dot com. 3.55 is the time. Coming up next, we kick off hour number three of the show. We'll talk all things Las Vegas Aces. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.